Amen, amen. All right, can we give the Lord a round of applause? Hey, he doesn't need our applause. He doesn't need anything. He's the creator of all. But we're just grateful that you're here this morning. We're grateful that you're here to open your hearts, to hear from God, not to hear from this bald pastor that's trying to do the best he can up on stage, but that your hearts will be wide open to just hear from God. And that in spite of the mistakes that I may make, or I may fumble some words, or may say things that aren't exactly uh, what God would want me to say, that your hearts will be open to hear. Because I truly believe that no one is here by mistake. I truly believe that if you're here, it is because God has a word that he wants to share with you. So just just as a sign of, of openness, we just raise your hand and just say, I am open. I am open to hear from God. Amen. Amen. So, hey, if you're here for the first time, my name's Josh. I'm the lead pastor here at Danny First Christian Church, and we're so glad that you've decided to spend this Sunday morning uh, with us. Uh, if you're watching online and, and you're new, we're also super glad that you've decided to spend this uh, Sunday morning with us. And so we're going to do what we do traditionally because we're so happy that you're here. If you're here for the first time, we're going to ask you to do something. Now, you're not going to have to stand up or say your name or come up on stage or do anything. All we're going to ask is that when I count to three, you're going to raise your hand and you're going to put it right back down and we're just going to give you a huge Downey First Christian Church round of applause. So if you're here for the first time, one, two, three, please raise your hand, put it right back down and we're going to give you an applause. If you're here online and you're watching and you're new to us, we are so, 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 so glad that you've decided to spend this Sunday morning with us. And so... We're going to go to John chapter 18, verse 36. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. If you do, please look up uh, the gospel of John chapter 18, verse 36. It says this, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is, my kingdom is from another place. So we're in a series called Good News. And we're talking about the good news of the gospel. And we're talking about what the good news is and what the good news is not. And we've said that the gospel is good news. And if the gospel is not good news, then it's not the gospel. But not everything that is good news is the gospel. We've been talking about this whole idea of, of this bus ride, right? You guys remember this bus ride? So, so this, this life is sort of like the proverbial bus ride. And it's a long bus ride. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. And sometimes it's too hot. And sometimes you're hungry. And sometimes you're feeling tired. And so it's this long bus ride, right? So we're talking about this. But there's this one person on the bus ride that seems to be okay with everything. He's fine. He's standing up. He's comfortable. He's smiling. He's interacting with people. No one understands why he, his attitude is so different from all the rest. So someone comes up to him and says, hey, so why are you so happy? Why are you just sort of like enjoying this ride when all of the rest of us are miserable? He says, well, it's not that I'm not uncomfortable. It's not that I'm not thirsty. It's not that I'm not hungry. It's because, listen, I haven't seen my father in 20 years. And we've been corresponding and we've been talking on the phone. But after 20 years, after this bus ride is over, I'm going to finally be able to see him face-to-face. You see, that's kind of true for us as well. You see, this proverbial bus ride that we call life is sometimes not great. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes we would like for it to be better. And the problem is that sometimes that we think that the gospel is something that it's not. In other words, we think that the gospel is about making this bus ride as comfortable as possible. 
like having a nice, big, comfortable chair, or having AC, or having all these things which are good things. Hey, don't get me wrong. I will pray blessing over your life all day long. I want God to bless you, but let me tell you this for 100% sure. Whatever blessing comes your way will not sustain you because there's only one thing that will sustain you through this life is the understanding that at the end of this proverbial bus ride, you're going to meet your father face to face. Can I get an amen? Amen. Because I'm preaching this morning. Okay. (laughs) I don't know about you, but that was good for me. That was helpful for me because it's a good reminder. It's a good reminder of where we put our faith. And so during this whole series, we're talking about different things on this bus ride that will help us have a proper understanding of what the gospel is. And so last week, we talked about being rescued forever, being rescued forever. And today we're going to talk about not of this world. I'm going to pray one more time. Lord God, please guide us this morning as we uh, open your word and as we discover what it is that you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Have you ever felt like you don't fit in? Ever felt that way? So I grew up not fitting in. I never fit in anywhere that I was because I grew up as a missionary in Chile and I just didn't fit in. Because my, I, I grew up as a missionary and we were Americans uh, in the late 70s growing up in a military dictatorship country and our house was like, everything inside our house was American, like American language and our customs and our traditions was all American, but then you go outside and it was Chile. And the contrast was amazing for us because we lived in like two different cultures, a culture and then a subculture inside of our house. In fact, people around us, they perceived us as being rich, but we were missionaries on a missionary salary, but the poverty was so deep that by contrast, people perceived us as being rich. I got bullied when I was little too, because they would call me Torpe Americano, which Norte Americano means North American, Torpe Americano means Dumb American. And so I always felt kind of left out. My parents and I would go on furlough to the United States about three times every year. And from the perspective of my friends, it was like going to Mars because it was such a strange idea for for a family to go on a plane and to visit a different country. My parents had strong accents. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like you don't quite fit in? Have you ever felt like a stranger? Have you ever been in a new school or in a new environment and you're like, I just don't like, I don't fit in with these people or in a team or a club or, or some social circle. It's a strange feeling. It's a strange feeling because most of us want to fit in. We want to be accepted. Have you ever felt like you don't fit in as a Christian? Have you ever felt like you don't fit in as a Christian? You see, I want to propose this morning that if we feel too comfortable, if we feel too accepted, if we feel too understood, if we feel too much a part of a group, if we feel too loved, if we feel too valued, that it is possible that there are certain things that we need to change. Because I don't believe that the Bible teaches us that we need to fit in 100% as Christians in this world. We were just reading John 18:36 is the kingdom of God is not of this world. So we are foreigners in a certain way. So in the same way that I've sort of always felt kind of out of place with my nationality, as Christians, we should kind of feel out of place 
in this world. We should. Like that, that's not a strange feeling that should be unfamiliar to us because our kingdom, the kingdom that we represent, is not of this world. You see, we bring a lifestyle that's not of this world. We bring decision-making that's not of this world. We bring an attitude that is not of this world. We bring reactions that are not of this world. We bring a logic that is not of this world. In fact, we are called to not act like the world. Romans 12.2 says this, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing and perfect will. So it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. You see, the world has a pattern. The world has a way of doing things. We could say that the world has like a rhythm, a rhythm that the world has that it's very easy for us to just jump in and start following that rhythm because it's so easy. And so I'm going to try something this morning and I was thinking about it. My wife said, you probably shouldn't do that because I don't think it's going to work. And so since I'm so obedient, I'm going to do it anyway. So some of you guys know that I'm a drummer and so I'm going to go back into the drum set and I'm going to do a rhythm. And I'm going to ask you to follow that rhythm with by clapping your hands like this, okay? I'm gonna to try to make it as easy as possible, that way we can follow along in the rhythm. And I'm gonna ask you to just, I'm not gonna tell you what to do, but I'm just gonna ask you to follow along this rhythm with, as, uh, by, by clapping, okay? So. Come on, there you go. Right, see? It's easy. Okay. So you just naturally go, right, or just like that, because it's, it's a rhythm that's just easy to follow, right? So here's what I'm going to ask you to do now. I'm going to do that same rhythm, and you're going to do a different rhythm with your hands. Ready? Different rhythm. So you can't do this. You have to do a different, and you can't go like this either. You're still following the rhythm. Do a different rhythm, a different rhythm, all right? Let's go. That's the point. You see, the world has this rhythm, has this rhythm, it has this way of doing things. And it's so easy to follow. But as Christians, we are called to, to do it in a different way. See, the, the world has a rhythm, has decision-making, has an attitude, has reactions. Look out for number one. Do what you feel. You deserve this. If he insults you, you insult him back. You have to get yours. These are patterns of the world. And the easiest thing for us to do is to just follow these rhythms because it is so easy to follow. Jesus puts it in a different way as well. When he's talking about doing things that, are, that seem the most easy. Matthew chapter 7, verse, starting in verse 13, says, says, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. You see, following the pattern of this world is easy. It's super, super, super easy. But, but we are called to react, to relate, to live differently. It's not easy and it's not popular. But here's the problem. You see, I never want anyone to walk away 
thinking, okay, now Pastor Josh is asking me to do this, this list of things and now I've got to do all these things. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to put a weight on you that, you've, uh, that is heavier than what you're carrying already. Because here's the problem. Sometimes we think that not following the pattern of this world should be an extra weight that we are all carrying. That's not what I want for you. And here's why. Because we confuse two things. This is what I want to talk about this morning. We confuse two things. We confuse action with identity. We confuse action with identity. Because when we think that I'm talking about action, hey, like now you got to do all these things. Now you got to be better, sin less, cuss less, lust less, be better, do better, act better. Yes, do all these things, but that's not the main point. Because you can, you can, you can waste all of your energy trying to be better. Good luck with that. I'm not talking about action. I'm talking about identity. It's knowing who you are. Because when you know who you are, then you will know what to do. It's about identity. It's about knowing who you are. Because when we make it about doing, about being better, doing better, all these things, when we make it about action, we're making it a man-centered gospel. You see, when you know who you are, then you will know what to do. It's like Jesus and Nicodemus when he was talking about, hey, you've got to be born again. Like, you've got to have a new identity. You've got to have a, a new inheritance. You have to have a new DNA. We have to know who we come from. See, when we give our lives to Jesus and we get baptized, we, we become part of his kingdom. Philippians 3.20 says, but our citizenship, oh, I love this. This is so good. But our citizenship is in America, no, he says, your citizenship is in heaven. Like, that's where we're from. It's a really interesting verse. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So my wife is Chilean, and she had to do all her paperwork to be able to get her citizenship. She's almost there. Uh, when she got her green card, we're like, yes, green card. We got it. Big celebration, right? Guess what? She's not Chilean. She's not American. You're not Mexican. You're not Colombian. You're not, hey, we're from the kingdom of heaven. That's our citizenship. That's why we are different. So important for us to understand that it is not about action. It's about identity. And when our action flows from identity, it will stick. Because if not, we just become religious. We have to know where we come from. That's who we are. It's not about knowing what to do. You've got to do all these things. No, it's about knowing who you are. And when you know who you are, you will know what to do. You see, on this bus ride that we've been talking about, this bus ride is just for a while. It's just for a while. I heard someone once say, don't unpack here. We haven't arrived yet. We're on our way. Don't unpack here. This is, it's not about here. It's about what is to come. Now, the good thing is that it's uh, not just about having a new nationality, right? Our citizenship is in heaven. But we also have a job description. You see, God gives us a job description. Paul describes it this way. 2 Corinthians 5.20, he says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. We're Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So not only do we have a new citizenship, which our citizenship is in heaven, that's where we're from, and that's where we are going back to, but as we're here on earth, we have a job. We have the job of ambassador. What is the job of an ambassador? The job of an ambassador is to, is to represent his country and the leadership of it. That's why we're here. So we are here to represent Jesus, the leader, and we're here to represent the kingdom, 
the kingdom of God. So we, we act, we react, we do, we don't do, not representing ourselves, but representing Jesus and his kingdom. So, so yes, that's what we're here for. That's what we do. We represent Jesus. We're, we're, we're ambassadors of Christ here. But now the question is, how do we actually do that? Like, how do we unpack that? Because I think that sometimes we, we have extremes, right? We have two extremes when it comes to how to interact on earth as Christians. How are we supposed to interact on earth? And I think that we have two extremes. So we got one extreme where, where we become a church that is so far removed from the world that we are completely out of touch with it. And Christianity becomes this, this religious exercise that is confusing to new people and is just not helpful to the non-Christian because we're so far removed. It's like, I don't even know, I don't, I don't understand what they're doing. That's one extreme. There's the other extreme where churches become so much like the world that you can no longer tell the difference between the church and the world. It's like, oh, this is just like the world except you're like sprinkling in a little bit of Jesus in there. So that's the other extreme. And those extremes can be true collectively and also true individually. As individuals, you know, we can be at this other extreme to, to where like the, like Ned Flanders, right? Or we're like the church lady, you know, to where no one can relate to you because you're so like off just on another wavelength that there's no connection with people. You become religious, dogmatic, rigid, legalistic. You become judgmental because you're so far removed from the world. But on the other hand, you can become so permissive and so open-minded and so relaxed with sin or so casual that your life is like, oh yeah, I'm kind of, you just sprinkle a little bit of Jesus in there so there's no difference between you and the rest of the world. So there are these two extremes. So then the question arises again, how are we supposed to live in this world? Which I love that Jesus addresses this in John chapter 17, starting at verse 14. This is the prayer that Jesus does for his disciples. He says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world. Listen, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, right? Because we're not here. Our citizenship is in heaven. They are not of the world, even as I am not, Jesus, I'm not of the world, sanctify them by the truth, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be sanctified. So interesting. I love this verse because it's talking about this, this trying to like find a balance between the two. Like, am I in the world? Am I outside of the world? Well, I'm outside of the world, but I'm also in the world. So what is it? What is this whole thing? You see, we should not seek to remove ourselves from the world. But we should also not seek to fit into the world either. So let me ask you this. Which one do you lean toward? Which one do I lean toward? Do I lean toward removing myself from the world because I feel safer and I can just kind of see other people from a distance? Or am I so focused on blending into the world that no one can see the difference between you and a non-Christian? You see, here's Jesus' prescription. This is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. He's saying, sanctify them. Sanctify them. He's saying, sanctify yourself. He's saying, consecrate yourself. He says, set yourself apart. Sanctify means, what, is, what does sanctify mean? Sanctify means that I have a coffee cup 
and that is only for my morning coffee. Don't dare put soda in there because this is for my morning coffee. I have a knife that is for red meat only. Don't you dare use that as a screwdriver, right? <laughs> ever. Don't ever do that. You see, I have, I have this bowl and that bowl is just for salad. Please don't ever use that for dog food. You see, what we talk about sanctifying is that you take something and you're using it for the purpose for which it was created. This is how we're supposed to live. We're not supposed to be outside of the world and not relate to anyone because that's not helpful to anyone. We are to take our lives and everything that we have and use our life for the purpose for it, for which it was created. Sanctify your life. Sanctify your life. So what does the word say? Because it gives us the prescription to sanctify our lives. The word tells us your mouth is not made for slander, but it's made to speak life. Your eyes are not to look at porn, but to read the scriptures. Your hands are not for stealing, but for helping others. Your ears are not to listen to lies, but to listen to the truth. Your feet are not to go into sin, but to walk alongside someone in their pain. Your mind, and you can just go down the list. But this is not what we do. This is who we are. And when we begin living this way, we begin to understand that our kingdom is not of this world. And we're bringing, we're bringing heaven to earth as we help people, we connect with people, we pray for people, we love people, we use our body, we use everything that we are for the purpose for which it was created. That's what it means to sanctify your life. It's like I'm not using my life for anything other than to be a representative of Jesus on earth. And guess what? When you start living that way, when I start living that way, you begin to understand, this is who I am. It's always been there. It's always been at hand. And now you start connecting the dots. You see, we are in the world, but we're not of it as ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. Which now brings us to a time of communion. And so this is, this is the moment in the service where we we truly connect the dots. This is a moment in the service where we, we remember this cornerstone moment in the life of Jesus where he, where he dies for our sins. And he pays the ultimate price for our sins. And you'll notice uh, if you have your communion that there's uh, this juice and there's bread. And the bread re represents the body of Christ that was broken for us. And the juice represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And so, when I think about the difference that Jesus made, it's an amazing difference that Jesus made in the world. It makes me think of a conversation that I had with, uh, with Francis a couple of weeks ago. We were doing a podcast. If you want to listen to our podcast, we do it. Um, you can go to Apple Podcasts and listen to the church podcast. But the, the point is, we were talking about preaching, because I preach every week, and Francis preaches every week. And we are talking about what is the worst reaction that a congregation could ever have when you preach? Remember, remember the answer? No reaction. No reaction. It was indifference. Indifference. You see, that made me think about our lives as Christians. When you start sanctifying your life, when I start living a sanctified life, a life that is set apart, people aren't going to be indifferent. It's either going to draw people to Jesus or it's going to make some people mad. But we are not to live our lives in a way 
that is indifferent to people. See, when you look at the life of Jesus, he had either people hated him or people loved him. But no one was indifferent. And so when we live our lives and we, we take communion and we identify with Jesus, we are called to live the way he lived. And we are called to, to use our body and to use everything that we have as representatives of him. Do what he would do. Live as he would live. And that's the biggest testimony. People around you, they will not be indifferent with this. So we're going to we're gonna partake of the emblems. I'm going to start with the bread here. It's the body of Christ. It's the blood of Jesus. Amen. So normally what we do now is we just go on to the next thing, but I want us to, I want us to take a couple of minutes right now and just think. You can close your eyes. You can look down. I ask that you won't be distracted, but just take a couple of minutes in prayer and just think about what we heard. Think about what it is that, that you learned. Think about what it is that Christ is teaching you and what the next step in your life is. So we're going to take a couple of minutes here just in silence. Just think and reflect about the sacrifice of Jesus.